You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Turn with me to Acts, the fourth chapter, and just kind of interfacing with Pastor Dan. He shared with me that you guys have just come through a beautiful teaching series on prayer, and something that really stirred in his heart, I believe the Lord began to stir it at our 25-year banquet. How many attended that banquet that are here in the room? Raise your hand high. Wonderful, wonderful. One of the stories that we shared was in Niger, Africa, when we encountered a, a group, beautiful group that had gathered of Muslims to hear the gospel. That There were radicals. There were fundamentalists out in that group, and they began to oppose and sling rocks at us and throw rocks at us. And my translator was even wounded, blood on the stage as a result of him getting hit right between the eyes in the nose, right at the bridge of the nose area. But God moved mightily as I, by God's grace and power, was not phased, but continued to press forward and began to minister the prayer of healing over the crowd. And those radicals were upset because so many received Jesus just in that first night of the crusade. But boy, talk about a turning of the whole situation. God turned it because of the mighty miracles that began to happen. And you can see that whole episode at globalventures.tv. Or if we bring up that little slide of the app, you can connect to so many different full episodes, 30-minute episodes of what we've seen God do around the world as well. It's incredible many, uh, many clips. But pull up the Niger episode, and it's awesome to see. But when Pastor Dan began to see what God did and the boldness that God exemplified through us being in that setting, he said, uh, Brother John, would you think about ministering on boldness here today? And I think it's so fitting that, that we zero in at the end of a, a prayer focus on boldness because boldness is really the key from praying to then manifesting out in this earth realm all that God wants done. Uh, one of the leaders, actually the key leader, uh, probably of the word-intensive and faith-focused movement that started decades ago. He founded a Bible school just right across town, and uh, many of us in the room are graduates, myself and my wife. He said this, when he was asked about miracles, how to see more miracles, and I'm talking about Kenneth E. Hagin, people were wondering, was he going to answer prayer? Is he going to answer building up your faith more. He said, the way to see more miracles is to ask God for more boldness. Because we don't need to ask for more power. He's already given the power in the Holy Spirit. He's already given us ways to build our faith by reading the Word. So he said, the connection point that's missing is boldness. And I believe that with all my heart, that the church in this day and this hour is called to be shining hot bold for the sake of what God has done for the world, that redemption has already been established. It's already been purchased. It's ours. We're not seeking for it. It's a done deal. That's why Jesus sat down at the right hand of God. He accomplished it all, and he passed the baton to us, his church. So we must boldly burn bright with a passion and a zeal for what he's done. And one of the greatest exemplifications of this is found in Acts 4. The story actually starts in Acts, the third chapter, and it's when Peter and John are going into the, uh, the temple for prayer that day, they encounter a crippled man, and he's begging. And at that moment, they must not have had money to give him because Peter says the famous 
passage of scripture, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have give I to thee. And he caused that crippled man that was born from his mother's womb, crippled, never had taken a step in his life, raised him up by the power of God. And the man went walking and leaping and praising God in the temple. And as a result, it set the platform for Peter to preach boldly. And it said that 5,000, the church grew to over 5,000 as a result of that passionate preaching, that bold declaration of what Jesus had done. The Sadducees especially got really up in arms because Peter, many people don't realize this is the crux of why they seized Peter and John. And they actually detained them to the next morning where they could all gather the the whole Sanhedrin and kind of pass judgment on what they were going to do with these guys. The Sadducees were the reason why they were stirred and they seized them because the Sadducees of that day did not believe in a resurrection. And Peter was boldly proclaiming that not only was there going to be a resurrection, but there already was a resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's Savior and Lord. And that's why so many were born again in that moment. Well, they went on, and Peter and John told why they were doing this. And after they were released, they went to their own company, and they were threatened not to preach again. And then, you better not preach in the name of that Jesus, and better not tell that he was resurrected, especially the Sadducees were fired up about that. But here's what happened. I want you to read in your own time, chapter 4, verse 13, all the way down through 31. I've read this passage several times coming in to today because it's so significant. I want to quickly read what they said uh, and give you four points on how to have boldness operating in your life. And the first, if you're taking notes, is simply praying for boldness. Praying for boldness is scriptural. It's exactly what Peter, John, James, and the early church did right after this encounter that exemplified boldness. They went back and they told everything that the chief priest and the Sanhedrin had said. And if you look in verse 29 of Acts 4, it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats. This is a prayer that all the early church, the close brethren, so at least that 120 probably were praying this. They lifted up their voice, they praised God, and this is what they said. Now, Lord, look on their threats. And they didn't say, give us divine protection. They said, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. They didn't back down, honey, from the challenge. They wanted more of God's boldness to step up to a world that was so desperately in need of the answer. I've never seen a day that the world is in such desperate need for the answers that we have. And it can only be delivered by bold messengers, bold followers of Christ. Do you know you're anointed and appointed divinely ordained to be bold in him? You might say, well, I've never done public speaking and I'm a little sheepish. I'm a little bit of an introvert. Even natural statisticians say that the average introvert will affect something like 10,000 people in their lifetime. So just don't buy whatever you thought you were yesterday or moments before walking in here. God has called and assigned you and put a lion on the inside of you with that assignment, the lion of the tribe of Judah, for you to be, just like the early church, bold. So we can pray for boldness 
And oh, bless God, God shall meet us right where we are. Right after they prayed for that boldness, it didn't say that they were shake, shaken. If you study the Pentecostal movement, a lot of times people would shake when they encountered the power of God in days gone by. How many have heard of stories like that? They would have visions. They would fall even uh, under the power of God. Things like that happen. Man, God didn't shake people here. God shook the whole place after they prayed for boldness. And it's very interesting. If you look and read all of chapter 4 and 5, and I encourage you, start off with chapter 3, go through chapter 4, go through chapter 5 in your own time. Literally, the first time ever we see the church of the living God having all healed that were brought to them. It says that after they prayed this prayer in unity, God shook the place. They went out and kept preaching. God added to the church. A multiplication effect began to happen. And it says that even people from other cities came to Jerusalem bringing the sick so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on them. And they were healed. And right after that, it says, and all were healed that were brought to them. And that is in Acts 5, verse 15 and 16. If you want to note that and study it later, that's powerful. Never before that, unless you're looking at just the ministry of Jesus when he was on the planet, did it say all were healed. All were healed here. Why? I believe because they unified in this prayer point of boldness. Let's go on to point two. Point two, if you're taking notes, is found in verse 13. Boldness comes, this is the point, from being with the master. Boldness comes from being with the master. And we have scriptural foundation for that. If you look back up to verse uh, 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness, this is the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the scribes and the leader, the chief priest over all of the synagogues, all of the Jewish uh, religious movement. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and unlearned, untrained men, they marveled. Here, these guys were the elite of the elite. They were the spiritual, intellectual, um, mosaic law uh, special forces, whatever you want to call it, the most scholarly people of their day. They were the standard deciders, and yet they marveled at untrained, unlearned men because of their boldness in Christ Jesus to the point that it says they realized, and the original King James says, that they, they took knowledge or they acknowledged, took note that these men had what? Had been with Jesus. Listen, when you get around Jesus and you spend time in his presence, you spend time with him, his heart becomes more and more of your heart. His desires becomes more and more your desires. We need to spend time in his presence. We need to spend time in his word. We need to spend time praying in the different aspects that Pastor Dan has taught that we need to implement in our prayer lives, praying in English, praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues, praying supernaturally. Because when we take times of prayer like that, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, Jude 20. Famous pastor that pioneered one of the largest churches in the city. I ate with his right-hand man. He's since handed off his church to another great pastor, his son, 
but I, I talked to the right-hand man of both father and son, and he said, one time I sat in the cab driving for a ministry event out of state with that pastor, that founding pastor. I'm talking about Pastor Willie George. He said, we had a few just quick exchanges, and he said, let's pray. He said, but let's not pray in English. Let's pray in the Spirit. And for five hours, six hours that followed, they prayed in the Spirit. He said, I know the secret to that minister's success is he would pray very, very consistently in other tongues in that way. I want to encourage you, if you have never experienced that type of encounter with the Holy Spirit, Pastor Dan's for it, Brother John Smithwick's for it, and more importantly than even the two of us is God Almighty's for it because it will take you to a place that will build yourself up on your most holy faith and take you to a place of boldness, getting in the presence of God in that way, reading the Word of God that nothing else will. You'll see things you've never seen in the Word of God when you pray consistently in that way, yielding yourself to His presence. Boldness comes by being with the Master. It was the ear note, fruit, that the greatest religious leaders of that day said, we can tell these boys are different. They're like that old boy, Jesus, that didn't just teach like we teach. He taught with authority, and these boys are just like him. They speak with the same power, passion, and boldness that the Master Almighty did. Some of them had already started believing. That's why I say Almighty. Others, it took a little while, and some, unfortunately, never believed. Point three, if we quickly look, is uh, just write down by doing it by doing it. So one, you can pray for boldness. Two, boldness comes by being with the master, being in his presence. Three, boldness begots more boldness. Boldness produces more boldness, and that comes by doing it. I had the answer to this question. I asked my early day mentor the first year the ministry existed when I lived in Peru. His name's Jim Andrews. He pioneered the word message and teachings about faith and all the things that many of us hold dear for a generation or so now. He did that down in South America, specifically in the nation of Peru. And so he was an early day mentor. Riding down the road in his, his SUV in Peru, I said, Pastor Jim, you know I've come down to see miracles. What would you say is the greatest key to seeing more miracles and greater miracles of stature? Blind eyes, deaf ears, crippled legs, not just, you know, I mean the real deal, not just a light headache, oh, I think it's half gone. No, I mean notable, undeniable. And he, he looked with that little gleam in his eye. He was driving, he looked over at me, and I saw that look in his eye, and he said, it's simple. He said, by doing it. I said, okay. He said, I hope you've come prepared to do. I said, I did. That's why I moved down here. He said, then you're going to see more. Boldness comes because of experiences we have flowing in God that feed our faith for the next mountains we're to take. Right? It's in the Bible. David, why was he so just bold and unflinching when he talked to King Saul? He was brought in the presence of King Saul. I'd never been there. They were trying to fit him in King Saul's armor. And he said, no, no, I cannot do this. I don't know your armor. I know my, I know my sling. I know some rocks. I know my God. And don't, he said, don't worry, because over here, a lion came on my sheep and I killed him. And over there, a bear came on my sheep. And with my bare hands, I killed that bear. I'm going to take this giant out by the power of the living God that I know. 
He said, I don't come to you with swords and spears. I come to you in the name of the living God of Israel. When you have victories in God, it's why one of the reasons if we take the parallel of landmarks in the Old Testament, there's a scripture that talks about do not remove the landmarks. Landmarks in the New Testament are the encounters we have in God that we're never to forget. Remember, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's where the word of God, God Almighty, his spirit and his word have been real in our lives and produced incredible testimonies that we're to remind ourselves of and that we're to speak out when the enemy comes and speaks doubt and unbelief to us. <clears throat> I remember a time where we faced real fear on the mission field. It was in the nation of Bangladesh, the very first time that we went in, the largest Muslim population under a secular government falls in the boundaries of Bangladesh, Bangladesh. So we knew in theory we can go in and preach to the Muslims, the largest unreached people group in the entire world is right there, about 134, 35 million Sheikh Muslims. And they were classified as 0.0% Christian when we went in. We could only find one brother, one minister that was frequently going in and preaching the gospel in Bangladesh, but he was not going to the Muslim areas. He was going to Hindu areas. Now, to give everybody a real quick crash course view of frontline evangelism in unreached territories of the world, when you go in a Muslim nation, the safe area to go is in minority religious groups because they can't stick up their head and say, I'm going to do this against the Christians because they know they'll get squashed by the dominant other religion that's in the group, in that nation, and that would be Islam. So going into Hindu areas, you can win the Hindus, and maybe a few fringe Muslims might be in the crowd, but I said, huh, God doesn't want us to go into this largest unreached population group in the world and only go to the minority religion groups. He wants to reach the Muslims that have not heard the gospel. So we got a group of translators, pastors, interpreters. That first night, there was a, just an all-on feud, not Muslims against Christians. It was the Christian leaders against each other and then against me saying, we cannot preach the gospel openly and ask them to receive Jesus right here on the spot. And they made the mistake of doing that with John Smithwick 10 minutes before I was to take the stage and kick off the crusade. Not what you're going to do with this red-headed white boy. <laughs> I said, we will preach the gospel. That's why I and my team have traveled thousands of miles. And we will ask for salvation right here on the spot and pray with them openly to receive salvation. My very articulate, he had his doctorate translator. His knees were almost knocking. Physically, he was shaking. And we graciously said, you don't have to interpret. We'll get this guy that had been beaten for the sake of the gospel, didn't have all the names and numbers and initials behind his name, but he was passionate and bold about preaching. He said, I'm not afraid. Our main contact had been so berated that we couldn't find him. We found out later he was sitting outside the crusade venue in the car. To this day, I just hadn't had the heart to ever bring it up to him. But that first night was a great success. So many Muslims received Jesus as Savior and Lord. There wasn't a sniper up on the rooftop that shot at us. My wife and I felt it when we opened up with the gospel. Martine started out with the prelude to the gospel, and she said it was like 
instantly a cocoon of the tangible presence and power of God surrounded us. Boy, there's no fear when you step into that kind of presence, that kind of boldness in him. Man, our number one contact did not, the final night in Kulna, the Muslim epicenter of that region, he did not have to hide out in the car. I believe it was because of persecution for the fellow Christians that night, the brethren. He was on stage proudly standing there. Let's bring up that picture of Kulna. There it is, 15,000. They had to, this thing was so packed, they had to put a 1,000 or so in each floor of that building that could hear the gospel preached. I, and Pastor Mike's his name. He said, man, I know my crowd. He said there were 95-plus percent of a Muslim crowd out there, and the vast majority said yes to Jesus and received him as Savior and Lord. We're the first that we know of that boldly went in and preached the gospel to Muslims. Just a few years later, someone pulled up a picture and said, guess where Marilyn Hickey went and preached a crusade? It looked like the exact venue where we stood, but it was in Kulna, Bangladesh, because we dared to be bold. It opened something up for others to be able to go there as well and preach the gospel. The fourth point, if you're taking fourth and final point, is first, boldness comes by prayer. Secondly, by being uh, in the presence of the master. Third, by doing it. When you do, it gives you boldness and clarity to march forward and do more. Fourth, aligning our prayers and actions with his purposes in the earth. Boldness comes when you know you're doing what you're doing because he wants you to do it. Look at Acts 4.19. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge. In other words, you're saying for us not to preach in the name of Jesus? Hooey. We're going to preach in his name and you judge whether or not it's more important to obey him or you. And they went on and told why. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They had heard the master himself teach the words of life. They had heard him tell of salvation after he rose from the dead. That the fulfillment of scripture has happened in me. From the road to Emmaus to him appearing in the room in front of them. They had seen the mighty miracles that the master himself did. Listen, no other religious group, no other religious leader can claim the miracles that Jesus did. Only him. When you get in the word and the miracles become real, the teachings of Jesus, his words go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, it gets so down on the inside of you, the truth of it, that this is absolute truth, and especially you start coming out and seeing miracles, come out with global ministry, start seeing miracles, there becomes a resolve in you that no man, no devil from hell can talk you out of because you know you're doing it aligned with his greatest purpose in the earth. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many here say, John, I want more boldness in my life because I want to see more of the miracles you're talking about. And I definitely want to see more souls saved. Raise your hand high if that's you. That's you. Virtually every hand going up in the room. I got my own hand up. You know why? 2.4 million souls isn't enough. I want to see that number turn into 24 million. I want to see it turn into 240 million one day. Say this prayer after me. Put one hand on your heart. Raise the other hand to heaven. Say, dear God, Use me. Here am I. Send me. And Lord God, 
I pray for ultra boldness. Ultra boldness. Because I know that. That type of faith, that type of passion for you and your truth to get out to the world causes the gospel to be mightily declared. I want it to be declared mightily through my lips. And I know that kind of declaration, that kind of boldness, always produces mighty miracles. Use me to boldly declare with friends and loved ones, but not to stop there, to, to share with strangers from Walmart parking lots to post offices to folks down my street that I don't know that well, to parents in the PTA, to fellow students, fellow co-workers, give me ultra boldness so that I don't flinch. Even in the face of questioning or even someone that scowls, what small persecution that is compared to the early church or the translator in Bangladesh that was beaten for the sake of the gospel. At worst in America, I'm just scowled at. Oh, give me ultra boldness, because what I have to share in you is absolutely true, and they need it in an ultra way. I thank you for it, Jesus. In your holy name, Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.